And I can see the ground now, way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me. Wrap your head around it. It's Billy Darcy, host of Get Around Me with Billy Darcy. What a time to be alive. Feel the hype, spread the hype, etc. Dude, what a time. I tell you what, the good times, they're rolling, okay? They're bloody rolling. Got called handsome twice on Monday night. That's right, twice in one night, okay? And one girl said I was looking quite tall, okay? Now, I did have my orthotics in, which is better for my posture. So, I'll have to, I'll have to send off a, uh, an email to Dr. Thompson, the local, uh, local orthopedist. Thank you, my friend. They're working. They are working. But I don't know, I probably, um, you know what I realized the other day? I've got a world vision kid, but I don't have private health insurance. Is that fucking dumb or what? You know, I'm getting letters from this kid in freaking Kenya. He's like, oh, I just, I just enjoyed my trip to the dentist. I'm thinking, mate, you, the dentist, you're going to the dentist. I haven't been to the dentist in three years, mate. Next time you go to the dentist, book me in. Okay, I'll fly to Kenya, get my chompers looked at got to be cheaper than the bloke up the road so i said to this kenyan kid i said mate next time you make some uh next time you make some of those shoes out of tires send me a pair you know i'm still wearing my dunlop volleys from year nine but I don't know, i'm stressed uh, a little bit because apparently job seeker payments are going to go down and if there's one thing we know about billy darcy i am in fact seeking a job so that's okay darcy's always land on their feet got the luck of the irish or whatever um, so I'm not too stressed, but I'm not, I'm not, not stressed either. Um, but it's all happening. I made a couple of iconic returns in the last week. Uh, firstly, I made my return to Subway, my local Subway. And then I made my return to the stage. My first comedy gig in four months on Monday night. Wrap your head around it, dude. The arts have returned. Okay. Now. Comedy has been back for about maybe a month, but the shows have been weird. Like they, you got to, you know, like it's, it's like you got to reserve a ticket and you got to have a three course meal and you can't, you can't sit within two meters of someone and you got to vote liberal. It's a whole thing. But I was back at the Coogee Bay Hotel on Monday, one of my favorite gigs. It's so funny, man, how time, times change and people change because uh, my friend, Pat Doherty, my friend but famously the enemy of this podcast. He's a snake in the grass. He's a greasy weasel and he'll do anything for himself, okay? Um, but he's running this comedy night. He was supposed to host. He, he hasn't done comedy in four months either, but then he had to run late. So he was like, Billy, I need you to host. Now, in time gone by, I would have loved to have hosted. Love hosting. It pays. Um, you get to be on stage way more, but it's also the hardest job because you've got to warm up the crowd. Okay, and when I do that, when I host, I like to use a mix of my famous material and also my famous crowd work. Double trouble, if you will. But I was absolutely terrified to host because I haven't been on a stage in four months. So I call, I text my mate Alex. I said, mate, you're going to have to host this. And he said, mate, I haven't been on stage for four months either. I'm not fucking hosting. And so we're all going back and forth, three of us, on who was going to host. We're all petrified, you know, whereas... Four months ago, we would have been killing each other to host. So, it's a wild world. 
but thankfully our friend Beck hosted. She did a great job. Um, yeah, my first gig back, I'll take you through it. There's probably about, even though they were doing like social distancing and stuff, it's probably about 70 people there. Could you Bay holds about probably 140. They sort of had the couches spaced out. And you couldn't you couldn't stand up for even a second. Whether you're a comedian, a crowd member, a bartender, a freaking a local ice addict, no one could stand up. Okay, so as soon as someone, as soon as you stood up, uh, there was a security guard or the the COVID marshal um, would tell you to sit down. Uh, now the COVID marshal kept telling me to sit down, and I will say she was probably, if I may speak out of school, uh, this girl was the hottest chick I've ever seen in my life. So she she told me to sit down a few times, but it's because I was about to go on stage and I need to pace up and down a little bit and get a bit fucking weird, you know, before I get up there. So I'm sort of walking around going like, you can do this, you can do this. And she's like, sir, you must sit down. I was like, oh, I'm on next on the on the comedy gig. And she goes, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. And we start having a little bit of banter and she's like, she's like, yeah, I hate this job so much. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And and it's tough because everyone hates you as well and she's like what and i go you know like everyone hates you because you keep telling everyone to sit down you know like nothing against you she's like everyone hates me and i was like oh no no and she's like oh and then she just wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the night so that was that was honestly for the best because it meant i bombed before i even got on stage so most people it's like uh you know, it's like you, you warm up and the, the soccer player is taking shots before a game and they're, they're missing. They're all over the place. It's like, get it out of your system. So I bombed with the uh, the COVID marshal. I go on stage. Uh, welcome to the stage, Billy Darcy. Haven't heard that in quite some time. It felt good. I felt my spine sort of go up a little bit. I was like, what's this? And I, there was a little voice in my head there. Everyone was applauding. I was like, what's this? And it was my ego. My ego is back. Oh, Dude, there is nothing better than the fucking adoration of strangers. Oh my God, I love it. Fuck yeah, dude. The arts have returned. And I get into it. I started going pretty well. Couldn't remember any of my jokes, but once you start telling them, they sort of come back to you. And then I tried two new jokes. Now, I've been writing a lot in uh, the last four months because it's really the only thing that gives my day any sort of structure or meaning. So I've been writing a lot, but I wrote this joke literally at the very start of the pandemic, like four months ago, where I was like, I cannot wait to tell this on stage. Locked and lo- as soon as I wrote, it's only a short one. As soon as I wrote this joke, I was like, oh, I cannot wait. I'm picturing the applause. Anyway, it's a, it's a little bit edgy. Um, it's about this girl I know with an eating disorder and uh, something that happened, an event. I don't want to give away the joke, um, but I've been waiting four months to tell this joke and it bombed so hard. And it was like, not just a bomb, but because I was talking about eating disorders, it was like an uncomfortable bomb. It was fucking weird in the room. Um, I didn't set the premise up well enough and it was a bizarre moment really because I was going pretty well for about four or five minutes. Whip out the eating disorder gear my God, just like a, a you know someone with a with bulimia, they they threw that joke back up. They did not want it. Um, it was poorly received, and and then you know there it, it's twofold, baby. It's twofold because as I'm walking on stage, I'm getting the claps. Then I'm doing a few good jokes. I'm getting the laughs, and and you think how good is this? And then you're getting the complete silence, the awkward stares, the uncomfortableness. 
And that, that felt good as well, to be honest. You know, it's all familiar. It's all familiar. It's like when you go to your childhood home and you see the room where your dad used to beat you. You're like, oh, I, don't, I didn't enjoy it at the time. But looking back, you know, it's a bit nostalgic. That's what kind of bombing is for comedians. So that was kind of cool too. And then I tried another new joke that uh, worked. So that was, I was one from two on the new stuff. It was fucking fun, dude. Good to be back. Good to be back. Stand-up comedian Billy Darcy once again. Dude, I got a, I got a club gig tomorrow night where I have to do 20 minutes. <laughs> oh boy. Second gig back, I got to do 20 minutes. That's a long time. So we'll see how that goes, but we could have a pretty iconic bomb story for the pod next week. So I don't know. Touch wood that I, uh, I don't bomb, but I mean, if it fills out the pod, I'm all for it. But so that was, uh, comedy was back and, uh, fuck, it's fun. I love it so much. Anyway, my other iconic return was to Subway. You know, I've been staying away from Subway because obviously I'm unemployed. I don't have any money, so I don't want to be spending you know, 11, 12 bucks a day on a, on a beautiful sub. But I was driving back, uh, driving home the other day and I was going to go to Woolies and get some lunch, you know, pick up, you know, pick up a box of shapes or some shit. I don't know. I was going to make a sandwich. And I thought, fuck this dude, let's cut the shit. It's subway time. Pull into this subway, absolute bedlam. Okay. I've never seen anything like it. There's two kids and the, and the mum's like, just go in front of us. Cause these kids don't even know what they want which is ridiculous. Uh, so they're confused. There's a businessman in front of me who just looks furious. And then there's a, a fat bloke in front of him just holding up the whole line. He's at like the end ordering his, um, ordering the cookies or whatever. And this guy, so none of us can um, order our salads because this, this big fat bloke is stuck on the cookies. They've said to him, uh, would you like a cookie? And he, get this, he's asking the subway person, what each cookie tastes like, like the different flavors. This guy weighed 140 kilos, wants us all to believe he doesn't know what a fucking cookie tastes like. Okay, mate, stop pulling the wool over our eyes, order four chocolate chip and get the fuck out of here. Okay? Me and this businessman, we were like incensed. You know, this, this businessman next to me, he goes straight in. He goes, malted rye, chicken and ranch. He said, old English cheese. I go after him. I go, malted rye pizza sub. And and we were getting it done. You know, this guy even had his Subway loyalty card in his hand. Like before he even ordered his bread, he's got the loyalty card. Now that's elite level stuff. I don't even have one of those. Um, then we get to the salads, me and this business guy. The fat bloke's waddled out, thank God. Um, and the businessman goes, I'll have everything except jalapenos. Bam, bam, bam. They come to me. I said, I'll have everything except tomato. And there was a mutual respect between me and this businessman. We, it, was, it was two people who respected Subway and were there for the right reasons. Then the kid behind me orders, I swear to God, this kid, after fucking 20 minutes, you know, knocking around with his mom going, I don't know, I don't know. He goes up to the, the poor Subway attendant, or the sandwich artist, I should say, and goes, could I get one Subway, please? And then just stands there. Everyone in the room is like, what the hell is happening? And the kid's like, yeah, I want one Subway. And he's like, what do you want on it? He's like, oh, I'll get some ham on my Subway. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Why do people continue to dis disrespect this phenomenal franchise? I'll never know. So anyway, 
this kid's carrying on. And uh, it's like me going into Domino's and saying, could I get one Domino's, please? You know, I'll just get one McDonald's to go. That's not how it works, kid. Is this your first time out of the house? You know, are you one of these kids that's been locked in a basement for the first 12 years and escaped? And your first thing, you just run to your nearest subway? That's what I'd do after 12 years in a basement. So it was absolute bedlam. And a lot of my previous frustrations with subway were coming out. But good to be back. I don't know which return I I enjoyed more, subway or stand-up comedy. But I'll tell you what, it's close, which probably says more about me than... Uh, than really anything else in my life. I've got two loves. And unfortunately, a young woman is not one of them. <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if you're going to sleep at night thinking about a pizza sub, you should probably get a girlfriend. But this is the world we live in. Okay, so Friday night. I'm hanging out with the lads. Um, again, I don't want to speak out of school on this podcast, but we were smoking a bit of the old reefer out on the back patio. And uh, my mate Jason's over, and he came up with an absolute clanger. Now, everyone makes the jokes, you know, oh, what do you call a group of white guys, a podcast? You know, I have like every group of white guys ever reckons, you know, oh, we should start a podcast. You know, it's a, it's a famous cliche. And obviously, I'm flying the flag right now. You know, we need more uh, straight, we need more straight white males out there. We don't have enough, uh, not enough representation in the media sphere. Uh, but <laughs> I will say my mate Jason came up with an absolute clanger. So we're smoking the reefer and he goes, fucking hell lads, there should be a podcast that's just like this. And we go, what do you mean, mate? And he goes, picture this, mate, three blokes, all smoking weed, just chatting shit, mate. Camera's set up and it just, rec- you just, it's just a podcast, but you just talk about whatever. Everyone's smoking weed, just three blokes smoking weed, talking shit. And I go, yeah, I think that might have been done before, mate. And he goes, well, it doesn't have to be three blokes, but uh, it could be two. You know, and uh, I go, no, it's definitely been done before. And he goes, no, no, here's the thing, mate. Most podcasts talk about a particular thing. This podcast, mate, they just smoke a weed. They just talk about whatever for like two, maybe three hours even. Yeah, they just talk about whatever, mate, smoking the weed. Just, just, just chatting shit, mate, just chatting shit. And I go, yeah, mate, um... It's been done. You've actually just pitched me the Joe Rogan experience. So, well done. You've just come up with the most popular podcast on the planet. Uh, unfortunately, your idea is about 11 years too late, my friend. Um, if only you got into that Spotify office be- before old Joe did, maybe you'd be 100 mil richer. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <laughs> His fucking idiot <laughs> literally pitched us the Joe Rogan experience and he was being fucking serious. I mean, what do you even say to that? It's like, Jesus, <laughs> get it together, please, please. So that was probably the most embarrassing thing that happened on uh, Friday. Um, and it's just any podcast in general, you know, you see, you see a podcast coming out and people people have said this about my podcast. So I'm not, I'm, you know, uh, throw he with a glass jaw will throw stones or whatever, but uh you know, you know, you'll see like a, a new podcast come down. And it's called like, it's called like the dribble. And it's like, oh, Tomo and Tomo and Beamer just chatting shit for an hour each week. You know, you won't believe half the fucking garbage that comes out of our mouth. It's like, mate, not only will I not believe it, but I also will not listen. Um, but yeah, obviously my podcast is mostly 
mostly me talking about my weekend. And that's by design, brother. Okay. So, so fair play if you think that's what my podcast is, but I've got absolutely no regrets. Um, but on Saturday, speaking of said weekend, Saturday, the call went out. Uh, obviously, I play for the worst soccer team in Sydney. That's becoming clear. Uh, they said, we need a leader. I said, okay, I'm not sure what I can do. They said, they said, you know, obviously, Billy, you're one of the best players in the team and a lot of the younger blokes look up to you both on and off the field. I said, well, that's, that's true. I'm still not sure what it has to do with us needing a leader. And, um, you know, during the week, one of the guys asked me to be godfather to his kid. He said, I'm, you know, just finds it inspirational to be around me. And I, again, I said, I still don't know what it has to do with us needing a leader. And then the captain's armband came my way. I was captain on the weekend of our soccer team. And iconic. I lost the toss. And I didn't think much of it because who gives a fuck about the toss in soccer? But looking back, it was an omen of things to come because we got absolutely put to the sword yet again. Um, Yeah, it's becoming clear my soccer team's actually really, really bad. Like, I knew we weren't great, but we, we suck. We, like, suck. Um... I had a fucking awful game. Uh, firstly, I had a bad knee already. Hyperextended it the game before. Some 32-year-old Italian bloke put seven studs into it like 10 minutes in. I limped off. Um, and then I came back on later because their striker was real quick and I was I was too slow to keep up with him at centre-back. So I got put at left-back um, when I came back on for the, rest, for the rest of my time on the field. And I felt like Ryan Gosling in Remember the Titans. You know, when Ryan Gosling uh, can't keep up with that black guy, you know, that was me. I was Ryan Gosling. Um, and then in the second half, they scored about a million goals. I think we lost 7-1. Um, I tried to fight a 32-year-old Italian guy really for no reason. And I know what you're saying. Hey, Bill, is that perhaps the same 32-year-old guy who fucked up your knee in the first half? Well, you guys are a bunch of detectives because it was, in fact, the same 32-year-old guy. And also, it wasn't for no reason. I remembered who he was, and I don't regret it. Fuck that guy. I fucking went off injured. He didn't even apologize. What a piece of shit. Um, but I was swiftly given a yellow card, and then um, and my, my knee just got worse and worse. So once they netted their sixth goal, I, I subbed myself off. It was an awful afternoon of soccer. <sighs> but anyway, amateur sport takes a lot out of you. I'm remembering now. So we came off yet another great loss. Obviously, you know my policy on, on winning and losing. I'm going out either way, okay? Um, now, I've got a strikeout city. I'm at the pub, and there's this girl at the bar, sort of ordering a drink or talking to a bartender. I'm not sure. One of the lads goes, fucking hell, lad, how hot she? And, uh, and obviously, a lot of the blokes in my soccer team who I'm drinking with are a bit younger than me, so I'm thinking... This is my chance to impress them, you know. I'm 25, they're all about 20. Um, this is just a real moment for them to see what what sort of a man they're playing for. So I said, anyway, lads, guess I'm off, aren't I? And I walk over, start chatting to this bird, um, and it's not going great. She's, I want to speak out of school, but she's probably the hottest chick I've ever seen in my life. Um, no, I actually can't remember what she looks like, but... Uh, it wasn't going great. And the security guard comes over and goes, hey, mate, you can't stand up. You have to return to your seat. And I go, F- 
fuck's sake. You, you literally can't stand up for two seconds in these pubs at the moment. It's so frustrating. But at the same time, he kind of did me a favor because I was going down, okay? So then I come over, back over to the lads and they're all like, they're like, what happened? What happened with that girl? I go, I go, I'll tell you what happened, lads. That security guard is a fucking dog. That what, that's what happened, okay? Yeah, he came over and said he, does, he doesn't believe in love and that I need to get back to my seat. You know, I put a fair bit of mayo on it and, and, and this security guard took 100% of the blame for me striking out. And I thanked him under my breath as I walked over. I said, I said, thank you so much, my friend. And then I, I proceeded to slag him off for the next 10 minutes in front of the lads, keeping my reputation intact. Very swift stuff from me. Very swift indeed. Uh, but I'm just keeping an eye on the old timeroo. Last week's podcast was 51 minutes and almost 100% of the feedback I got was it was too long. So I don't know what some of you Pelicans want out there because I do one that's 46 minutes. I don't hear anything. 48 minutes, I get personal messages saying kill yourself. So I'm not sure what happens at minute 47. I'm not sure if I turn into some fucking nerd and start talking about Dungeons and Dragons, but but yeah, uh, I want to say... Uh, I can't disregard the feedback more and however long this podcast is, is however long it will be. It's usually around 45, okay? So just work it out. 40 to 50, 37, couldn't give a shit either way. So, this week, a couple of topics I wanted to talk about. Um, now, celebrity culture. I personally don't care for it, but like I said, I've got to fill out the 45 minutes. So here we go again. This week, something truly corrupt happened on Australian TV. Guy Sebastian. Now, love Guy Sebastian, as we all do. He's a judge on The Voice, okay? Um, if you don't know what The Voice is, it's the thing keeping Delta Goodrum's career alive. So, use that as a point of reference. Um, now, Guy Sebastian is a judge on The Voice. Now, I didn't even know this because I don't, I don't watch the show, but... Guy Sebastian's brother was a contestant on The Voice and then went on to win, even though his brother is a judge. Um, it was voted on by the public, but I think we can all agree uh, this is absolute fucking bullshit, okay? You can't win The Voice if your brother is a judge. You shouldn't even be allowed on the show, you know? Because if there was anyone that needed a leg up in the music industry, of course it was Guy Sebastian's brother, you know? Like, the show's supposed to be about discovering new talent, you know, giving a no-name a career. The, one of the girls Guy Sebastian's brother beat was a full-time cleaner, you know? Sorry, babe. Back to singing while you mop up vomit. I'm Guy Sebastian's brother, and I'm greedy. Thank you very much. So, they gave Chris Sebastian, brother of well, well-known and very successful recording artist Guy Sebastian... $100,000 and a recording contract. What an absolute waste. Um, can someone tell this Chris Sebastian bloke, you don't need to go on The Voice to get that stuff, mate. Your brother's Guy Sebastian. Next time you're over at the, the family house for dinner, you, you know, you don't, you know, just say, hey, hey, Guy, could you pass the salt and a recording contract? Cheers. How hard's that? Like, it's just unbelievable that Channel 9 let this happen. You know, this isn't the Player of the Year award for the Under-7 Bombers soccer team. This is a national singing contest, okay? It's on TV. Let's take it seriously, please. 
Um, we haven't seen corruption like this un- since freaking Epstein tripped over that noose, you know? It's just like... I can't wrap my head around the greed of it because the only reason Guy Sebastian is famous is because he also won a national singing contest. I'm sorry, how much does one family want from this nation before they'll rest, you know? You know, I bet his brother pressured him at last Christmas, like, come on, Guy, like, you already won Australian Idol, mate. Can you let me win The Voice next? Please, please, Guy, can I win The Voice? Oh, okay, Chris. You know, it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm looking forward to Guy Sebastian's parents being on the block next year. I bet they don't even put a fucking roof on their house and they still win. Like, Jesus Christ. The funniest thing is, he looks and sounds exactly like Guy Sebastian. Like, he's literally, he's even got tattoos, same haircut, same voice, same face. We already have one Guy Sebastian, okay? If we need someone to freaking, you know, follow Guy around and be not quite as successful, but still somewhat likable, that's what Shannon Knowles' role is, okay? What the hell is Shannon going to do now? We've got a, we've got a, we've already got... Guy Sebastian. Now we've got this Aldi version, Chris running around. Let me guess, Chris is going to come out with a freaking song called like, like War War Scars. It's like these war scars. And it's like, I swear to God, dude. I swear to God. <laughs> oh God. And it's tough because I love Guy Sebastian so much, but because guys are very good. Guy Sebastian still plays amateur cricket in his local comp. I got a friend who plays against him. What a cool guy. But this is this is not good from Guy Sebastian. Like, surely you'd say to your brother, hey, mate, I'll help you with your music, but just, do you, do you have to go on The Voice? This is kind of my thing, you know? You know, our little sister is an accountant. I'm the guy who goes on reality singing shows. You know, I know you've been a chippy for years. You want to change, but I'm kind of the, I'm kind of the singing guy in the family, you know? Can, I don't know, don't you want to, you could be an actor or something, but I'm kind of... This is kind of my thing, the reality singing thing. But yeah, ah, just absolutely ridiculous. I'd be absolutely furious if I was one of those other people in the grand final. But anyway. Now, another singer was in the news this week. And it's honestly a singer I really enjoy, Ziggy Alberts. Um, I love his music. I love his carefree attitude. Um... (laughs) And he's done one of my favorite things in the world this week. I've spoken about this on the pod before. There's nothing better. I So Ziggy Alberts came out and he's this week's winner of Celebrity Who Just Had to Do Absolutely Nothing and Couldn't Even Handle That Dude. Oh, dude, this is... There's nothing better than this. Uh, Ziggy Alberts came out with uh, on his Instagram... And he was saying that wearing uh, masks in Melbourne is an invasion of our civil liberties. Civil liberties, I should say. Um, And that he he doesn't agree with it. And that there's got to be better ways to protect the small minority of immunocompromised people who are at risk from this disease. And dude, there's nothing better than like a singer or, or a sports player living the dream, right? They're living their dreams. Okay, there's nothing that could be going better in Ziggy Albert's life right now. He's... His girlfriend is a, a freaking model with like a million Instagram followers. He tours the world singing his songs. He, he surfs all the time. Nothing could be going better in his life. All he had to do was nothing and he couldn't even handle that. 
And oh, that is just one of life's great pleasures, dude. I'd, I'd love to, when some celebrity wakes up one day and just goes, do you know what, dude? Enough's enough. Here's what I think about something that I'm completely unqualified to talk about. Alrighty then. Dude, I fucking love it so much. But also, <laughs> yeah, so he was saying, uh, you know, we shouldn't have to wear masks. We shouldn't be fined if we do um, this sort of stuff. And, uh, and then he doubled down on it later. But, but firstly, uh, Ziggy Alberts, you know, lives in Byron Bay, lives in a van surfing. Shock, the bloke from Byron Bay doesn't think coronavirus is a real threat. No one in Byron Bay thinks coronavirus is real. You know, they all think it's a government conspiracy to, you know, Ziggy Alberts, I'd love to hear his, his thoughts on vaccinations as well. I reckon they'd be controversial, you know? Hey, buddy, why don't you just go for a surf, you fucking clown? Like, Jesus Christ, dude. We listen to you sing. It, mate, your songs are great. Just keep singing them. I think we should have a rule, Ziggy. If you don't have a guitar in your hand, just shut the fuck up. You know? How hard's that, brother? What, being a multi-millionaire isn't enough? You know? What more do you want? He doesn't even live in Melbourne. But yeah, people in Byron Bay have lost it, dude. Like, uh, people in Byron Bay, they, they're all you know, anti-vaxxers, you know, get the energy in your body to heal you, you don't need medicine, this sort of stuff. You know, in Byron Bay, blokes are just up there going, fuck, 10 people in my street have died from the flu this week. That's weird. Anyway, surf's up, eh? Yew! <laughs> how, good's, how good's disregarding med- medical uh, advice and, and science? Yew! <laughs> you know, what, a, what an idiot. But then the best part was, and this is so good, um... This is so funny. Let me get this screenshot up. <laughs> I love it. Ziggy Albert's living the dream. All he has to do is nothing. Oh, there's nothing better than this. So he goes, I just want to say my heart is with you, Victoria. I'm in complete opposition of the government's decision to introduce mandated face marks in Melbourne when all it does is strip Australians of their basic rights in what is supposed to be a free society. I mean, probably a bit over the top. Uh, and really, where's this coming from, mate? But anyway, there are so many ways to protect a minority of immune-compromised citizens without mandating face masks or lockdown. Obviously, vintage celebrity talking about something they know nothing about. He doesn't actually offer any solutions. Um, but then, this is the best. So I think what happened was people started to message him being like, hey, mate, like, uh, I don't think you really know what you're talking about. So here he could have said... Hey guys, I actually haven't really done much research on this and um, I just realized I'm also like a fucking, just a sort of a hippie surfer guy and, and overall sort of a fucking idiot. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delete that and forget about it, but, but not Ziggy Alberts. No, not our Zig. He goes, <laughs> he doubles down on it. He goes, next, next slide. He goes, it's really quite simple. My mother and her family escaped communism in Hungary as a child to come to Australia. My great-grandfather hit a Jewish family and an American pilot during Nazi rule in Holland and was killed for doing so. For trying to keep innocent people safe. There is no way I'm going to support, endorse or encourage mandatory face masks or lockdowns in a free country. Because our country is no longer free when you can't leave your house or face fines for not wearing something over your mouth when you try to leave. Please put aside your fear and consider if you're willing to make the basic freedoms a subject of government consent. I'm not, and I'm not willing to force that upon anyone else. Cheers, Zig. I think we should have a rule. If your name's Ziggy, you can't make political statements, you know? 
change your name to John and get back to us if it means that much to you, mate. But this is the best. This is the, the funniest thing is the very first sentence of this. So we're talking about face masks in Australia in 2020 fighting a virus. Zicky Alves goes, it's really quite simple, and then starts talking about Nazis during World War II. <laughs> How is that simple? How is that simple? And then he goes, this next one's like, thank you for sharing everyone's different opinions. You know, it's wonderful. I encourage everyone to have different opinions and question each other. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and so then everyone's obviously like after that one, hey, Zig, just a quick one, mate. Did you just, <laughs> did you just compare wearing face masks during a pandemic to the Nazis? <laughs> And he goes, hey, everyone. <laughs> oh, dude, this is just the best thing of the planet. The guy has everything in life you could ever want. All he had to do was nothing. Oh, God, I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, so he goes, hey, everyone. A little bit more, a little bit more chilled out on this one, hey. He goes, hey, everyone. I didn't draw a comparison between face masks and Nazi Germany, nor did I say COVID comes from 5G. Although everyone was thinking you, re you really believe that, Ziggy. A gossip magazine did. I didn't suggest you do not wear a face mask. I didn't suggest you not isolate yourself if you are sick. No, I mean, he go <laughs> you didn't suggest it, mate. You just said, you just said, I won't wear a face mask and I won't be isolating myself. <laughs> so, you know, people read between the lines there, Zig. He goes, I just told you my family history and that I don't agree in lockdowns or face masks being mandated. And you're, that's fair enough, mate. I mean, you did tell us your family history, but if I say, oh, you know, I don't really like, um, I don't really like coal mining because my grandfather actually died in a coal mine, you know, that family history would be relevant to what I was talking about there. You just brought up Nazis in World War II, really for no reason, uh, really no reason at all. But anyway, let's just brush past it. To be fair to Zig at the end here, he goes, uh, you know, I'm just not against fines. And he goes, I'm not going to delete any comments because in the, the day, I'm glad we can all practice freedom of speech. Have a beautiful day. We love Zig. And fair play to him for not backing down. Um, obviously, probably the, the stupidest thing anyone's ever said since Izzy Folau got on a fucking lectern sometime last year. But, but anyway, mate, all good in the hood. You are the winner of this week's Celebrity who just had to do nothing and couldn't handle that. Don't they have like a publicist or someone who like vets this sort of shit? It's like, uh, Jesus Christ, dude, I don't even know. Like, fair enough, if, and uh, I will say, I've never obviously had a platform as big as Ziggy Alberts. He has 200,000 Instagram followers. So maybe that makes you think, oh, fuck, I've got, I've got some influence here. I should do something about this. But the thing is, dude. If you want to influence people, talk about the shit that you do. You know, Ziggy Alberts, why don't you come out and say, you know, the the weed in Queensland isn't strong enough when you tour there, or, or you know, the freaking, you know, the the van you live in, you know, the, what sort of vans we should live in if we want to we want to live like a surf bum, you know, or if we want to become a busker in Byron Bay, how we can do that, you know? I'll listen to you on that one, Zig. But why do these celebrities always have to talk about stuff that has nothing to do with them? You know, it's like Israel Folau talking about freaking gay marriage. It's like, Izzy, just tell us how to catch a football and shut the fuck up, okay? 
Like, what is like? And, and if Izzy Folau gets on a lectern and says, "This is how you kick a torpedo," I'll listen. You know. But I don't. I don't know what goes through these fucking weirdos' heads, dude. But I tell you what, it's so funny to me. It's so funny. Oh. I hope you guys find that stuff as. I I just think there's nothing better. I really do. But um okay, let me finish um. Bah, bah, bah. Oh, I will say my job hunt continues to go from worse to worse. Uh, how's this? <laughs> so these companies do they call you up for these you know uh like sort of phone interviews, and it's pretty difficult because you apply for X amount of jobs. Like I've probably applied for like maybe I don't know heaps of jobs, dude, heaps, and you don't know when their application process stops and when they're going to be calling people. And so you might get a call from someone who you applied to three weeks ago and you, you didn't even think you were going to hear from them. And then you get a call. So I get a call from this lady from this law firm um, to be a junior law clerk. Now, how I made the shortlist for this one is beyond me. I've never worked in a legal setting and I really have no skills to bring to the table. But uh, it did say training provided. So uh, she calls me up. I miss the call um, and then I call her back and leave her a voicemail. She doesn't. Call, she calls me back then two days later, okay? So I've left her a voicemail. She doesn't call me back for two days. Then she calls me up and goes, uh, hi, is this Billy Darcy? We're from this law firm. Are you still interested in the job? I said, yes. Then she starts coming in with all these really specific questions. She goes, what do you, like, she goes, oh, like a bit, bit about what I've done before, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, what do you know about this role? Now, I'll be candid. I can't even remember applying for this job, let alone what the fucking role entails. So I give her a pretty garbage answer. And I'm like, well, you know, I obviously a junior clerk. I'll be assisting in an admin capacity. Like, just start really laying it on thick. But I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and she goes, okay, what do you know about what we do here? And I'm trying to Google the company while she's talking to me. And again... I applied for this job three weeks ago and then wasn't expecting her to call me back after the two-day delay. So I go, and and this is like the third really specific question. Uh, and at this point, I'm honestly just like pissed off. I'm like, who, who, like, unless this is the only, like, one of three jobs you've applied for, how are you supposed to know any of this? It's unrealistic for me to research every company I apply for, especially in this current job market. So I go, I go, look, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about this company. I left you a voicemail two days ago and didn't hear back. I wasn't expecting your call. I go, I know it's a law firm and that's pretty much it. And I'm kind of a bit short with her. And then she gets a bit short with me. She goes, well, I'm sorry I couldn't return your call, Billy. If you must know, I've been in back-to-back meetings for the last two days. I've only just had time to uh, return phone calls today. I go, well, that's understandable, but I'm, sh- I'm sure you can understand why I wasn't expecting the call. I think two business days is probably unreasonable amount of time in between uh, points of contact. And she says, well, that's fair enough if you think that, but we're here now. I said, well, we are. And I don't know anything about the company. She goes, right. Then she goes, "Um, what do you think a day working here would look like? And I've just told her I know nothing about the company. I I go, I don't know what a day working there would look like. Okay? I don't know. Like, what the fuck is going on? Okay? So then she goes... She goes, all right. And this is a phrase. She goes, if you don't hear from us on Monday, you haven't got the job. I go, her name's Leanne. I go, Leanne, I don't think I'll be hearing from you on Monday, will I? She goes, I don't think so, Billy. I go, Leanne, thanks for the call. Obviously, didn't work out, but, 
you know, maybe I'll catch you next time. And she goes, okay, Billy. Okay. And then she goes, sorry for the delay calling you back. And I go, don't worry about it, Leanne. Don't worry about it. And I basically, <laughs> I basically told this chick to get fucked. Like it just handled it terribly. But these, these companies, they want you to know the ins and outs. It's like I've applied for like 50 jobs. I can't research every freaking car leasing agent and, and you know, freak, God knows what legal firms and insurance companies. I mean, what, what even are these companies? There's so many jobs and they're so specific. Like some of the questions are like, I apply for this admin position at like a car leasing agency that specifies in providing cars and trucks for huge corporations. And said, have you ever worked in corporate uh, automobile leasing before? No. No, I haven't. <laughs> no, I haven't worked in corporate automobile leasing before. Who the fuck has? The only people who have worked in this field before are the people that already work at your company. Anyway. My battle to get a job continues. But like I said, Darcy's always land on their feet. Um, and, you know, I've got, I've got that Irish blood, baby. So I'm either going to get a job or become an alcoholic. But... That's how the world turns. So, not too stressed. And that, I think, will be the pod for this week. Although, I will say just this one last thought. Actually, no, I won't. Um, This pod is done. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, To the people that keep commenting that the pods are too long or too short, they're pods, okay? And they, they live on in this world as little entities of self-expression, baby. And you can't put a timer on art. Hey, that's right. I'm calling stories of me going to the pub with my friends art and I will not be taking it back. Okay. So thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the hype. As always, if you would like to maybe tag a friend in a Facebook stand-up video, that would be fantastic. Um, I'm doing some club gigs in the next couple of months, but it's, They're very short spots. I will hopefully be doing Sydney solo shows this year, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, so some people have been asking me about what when the shows are going to happen or when I'm going to do my next tour or whatever, and I appreciate you guys asking because it shows you're interested in coming, which does warm my heart. But at this stage, I don't know. But when I do know, I'm going to be slamming that information down your throats nonstop. So... Never fear, you'll be the first to know. Thank you, and have a good week. Way too long, way too long, yeah. And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Cause these people got me fucked up, yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long, oh, I